You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Oh, no, you're going to cut. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Tyrell. How do I spell that for the title? <laughs> R-A-W-W-R. Uh, I think you're more like a M-E-O-W. <laughs> do, do you want to record this or should I just hang up the phone? Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra. He is Brazilian Ty. Ty, how was your mini holiday, man? I haven't talked to you for a while. Uh, nothing mini about my holiday. Um, you know, I, I ate a bunch of raw Smokies. I <laughs> chugged a bottle of Fireball with no shirt on. Um, watched uh, probably two full seasons of suits just to catch up and uh, did nothing around the house. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, the keg was empty by Saturday afternoon and uh, all I had left was whiskey. So you can imagine how the rest of my weekend went. Man, <laughs> Sunday morning I woke up and I watched four football games. I have no idea how much I retained, but let's try and go through this. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. It all started with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beating the Calgary Stampeders 26-24. But man... This game was a hard-hitting battle, and you saw the emotion coming out of Andrew Harris at the end of the game with the big rush mm-hmm. that basically clinched it. When these two teams meet again, it's not going to be pretty. Actually, emotions were flying high with you know Cordero Law really getting into it a little bit there. Both teams, they're not fans of each other. <laughs> uh, no, and especially when these two teams are probably going to be battling for that number one spot. Yeah, uh, especially once Bo Levi comes back, it's going to be even more pronounced. Uh, and you know, Winnipeg gets the win, but they tried their best to lose this game late. Oh, they totally did, and their offense was not doing much. Let's uh, let's just say that's, that <laughs> that's about par for the course. I mean, when you almost outrush your passing offense. Uh, that usually doesn't bode too well. It was the Janarian Grant show, and it has been the return show the entire season. It has been absolutely incredible. I don't know how or why this is happening, but I'm a fan of it. Marshall Ferguson and Darren Moore, or not Darren, uh, and uh, who's who's Ferguson's color guy, Morreale? Oh, yeah, on the radio. I think so, yep. Yeah. Uh, They brought up no padded practices. But then, but then the media asks Mike O'Shea about it, about how how are how is the return how are the returns like making a comeback and like and he's like I'm a special teams guy and I don't even know the and I don't to even that. know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there's a couple special teams guys in the West. Uh, Saskatchewan, Craig Dickinson, mm-hmm. they gave up another return. And yeah, O'Shea, uh, it's not like Calgary wasn't having and hasn't been having success on the returns as well. The Bombers have given up uh, a few of those themselves. So oh. it, it is just going crazy right now. And if it's because of the padded practices, it's not like guys are they're not tackling or well i mean we saw Devonte well, deadman break about eight tackles on a return uh, <laughs> it's not that they're not tackling it's that they're not tackling well right right i i think it makes it exciting though <laughs> oh 100 did you see the stat that tsn put up um i believe it was in the saskatchewan hamilton game that they're they're on pace for like 43 oh, return to touchdowns or 42 record. return touchdowns this year. <laughs> like, and the record's 24. But it's it's guys, well, I mean, I don't know if it's the crop of returners, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're just not staying in their proper lanes. It's Some some of these re- guys are, like, untouched. They, <laughs> yeah, well, and we saw it last night or on, on Saturday night with Frankie Williams. Oh, Everybody's yeah. so worried about him getting up the middle. They left the sideline wide exactly. open. Exactly. Grant, granted, we'll get into it. There was, there was probably a missed call on that return. <laughs> but, I mean, you're, you you have to fill lanes, and they're just not filling lanes correctly yeah. a lot of the time. And when you don't do that, it makes your tackling look even worse because you're out of position. Exactly. So it, it, positioning, it looks like a, a lot to me, but I, I, I think it's fun. Um, when Janari oh, Grant sure. has 222 yards in punt returns and another 84 on kick returns, the numbers are just insane. Two punt return touchdowns. So if they don't have special teams, there is not a chance that they win this game at all. Uh. On on its face, but special sure. teams I mean, is a part of the game. Who knows what they would have done with those drives? <laughs> who knows what they would have yeah. done with those drives? But the way their drives went, it, I mean, I don't yeah. think much was going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, special teams is a part of the game, and now it just seems mm-hmm. like it's almost exactly thirty three point three 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 percent, along with offense and defense. It's, it's well, awesome for a lot of a lot of teams. It's you know. It, it's more than that because they don't have a rushing game. Right, right. So, I mean, your, your rushing is 5% because you only had the ball off six times. Uh, there wasn't – well, there was a little bit of that this week. But, I mean, uh, you know, the emphasis has really been on special teams this year, like with all the returns and everything. And we always say you got it's a three-facet game. There's three phases to it. Uh, you got you got to win two of them to have a shot to win, and and you know teams winning those special teams battles are putting themselves in a really good position. You talk about a team that doesn't have a rushing game, and right now the Calgary Stampeders are there, mm-hmm. and we've been so yep. used to that team for the past, I'd say, decade and a half of uh, being able to run the ball against their opponent's throat. Their leading rusher was Terry Williams with 21 yards. That was on three carries. You could argue he probably should have gotten uh, a bit more carries, but I think everything kind of changed for the Calgary Stampeders once Romar Morris got hurt. Again, Dave Dickinson Mm -hmm. said it was Achilles again, and you just got to feel for the guy that comes back eight months after tearing an Achilles last year, and he's out again. He's only 26 years old, but... 
that 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 sucks. He fought all the way back to get to this point, and it happens again. And it's just so hard to come back from. Uh, and it's just such a devastating injury to begin with. Uh, you know, we saw it in the NBA Finals, Kevin Durant coming back, and you could literally see it. Yeah. You could see it ripple up his calf. Uh, it just makes you shudder, and, and the pain uh, it's just got to be something else. And, you know, it, it sucks. Like you said, he's only 26 years old. You know, he, last year he showed that he could he could be a starting running back. Uh, you know, he put up some numbers, but, you know, if he's not going to be able to stay healthy, he's not going to be able to do much. I mean, Calgary rushed the ball 12 times. So even after Ramon Morris got hurt, they, they, they still didn't run the ball. And, and it makes it really hard. Bo Levi Mitchell is eligible to come back next week mm-hmm. against the Alouettes, or I guess you could call it this week now. I don't know if he'll play. I I think that they should save him until after the bye, but I think Bo, if he gets to call his shot, he'll be able to play uh, mm-hmm. against the Alouettes here. And I, I think that the Stampeders have to be happy how things have gone with Romar, Armina, Nick Arbuckle leading the charge. You cannot be upset at five and three. No, and in in a tie for first place. No, I mean, best case scenario, worst case Ontario, they could have they could have went over or you know win one game yeah. uh, in this stretch, which wouldn't have been overly surprising. Uh, you know, with Nick Arbuckle not having a lot of experience, but with the comeback win over BC, it really opened people's eyes. Like maybe this guy is legit, small sample size, and you know he's been he's been playing pretty decent football and keeping uh, Calgary in it. And you know, like I said, to be to be tied with Bo Levi Mitchell available to come back uh, off the six game, uh, it, it's just it's astounding what they've been able to do with him out of the lineup. Let me see here. He was the Top scoring quarterback in fantasy this week, wasn't he? Uh, he was, yes. Which I don't think anybody really saw coming <laughs> yeah. against Winnipeg. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, so that, that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Now, who had Janarian Grant on their roster? Uh, whoever says they did is a was liar. he available? Is the question. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, the. Uh, the, the people over at TSN CFL Fantasy were right on top of that. <laughs> uh, Matt Nichols, 7.4 or 7.5 fantasy points. This was the definition of a... Uh, when you look at it, though, 18 of 22, you're like, wow, that's that's mm-hmm. awesome. But 177 yards, no touchdowns. Actually, the Stampeder uh, defense was able to hold the Bombers out of the end zone for the entire game. So uh, the, the Stampeder defense, I, I don't think enough can be said about what they are doing despite all of their losses in the offseason. Okay, if Matt Nichols is a game manager. Can we just... <laughs> like, let's quit using the narrative that he's using this to, to as bulletin board material. He averaged eight yards an attempt. Not even a, not even a completion, an attempt. They're not even throwing the ball downfield at this point. It seems like he's a bit shell-shocked after throwing those three interceptions against the Ticats. That that could be part of it, too. So then, of course, he reverts. It's a regression to the mean. Yeah, I, I would like to see him uh, 
flying high again and throwing bombs to uh, you know, Lucky Whitehead, who has been yeah, limited himself. You, you too. don't have to. Yeah, they don't just have to. Throw, throw, throw a screen pass. <laughs> yeah, they got Dembski, Harris, Whitehead. I mean, you might as well start throwing. You probably generic. get Janarian yeah. Grant. You probably get the ball to Janarian Grant too <laughs> at some point. Like, yeah, they they got so much balance on that team mm-hmm. that. Uh, th- the good teams do have to win the ugly ones, though, too, and oh, it's yes. what this was definitely an. Ugly I think one. the Bombers have not been able to do over the past little while, no. and this is the hump that they need to get over that so they can mm-hmm. finish first and get that first round by. Well, like so, Andrew Harris rushed for 100 yards on 19 carries. That's great. That's what you want. Magnet was only passed for 177. Not ideal. But when you look at the receivers, Lucky Whitehead, 33. Chris Matthews, Matthew, sorry, 33. Andrew Harris out of the backfield, 44. Kenny the King Lawler, 46. I mean, your leading receiver is Andrew Harris with eight catches. Yeah. Everybody else, three, four, three, three. Like, he's just, he's finding, like, the system is set up for Matt Nichols to succeed. Let's be honest. Right. And he, and he is. Uh, but like you said, the balance and, and he, he got so many options and he can throw the ball to, to basically anybody uh, right now. And it seems that they're coming down with it. I mean, four incompletions is just, that's ridiculous. Uh, and, and, you know, who, who do you cover? Because if, you, if, you, if you're going to put your best guy on, on Dembski or, or, you know, Lucky Whitehead, for example, then you're leaving Chris Matthews in a favorable matchup, or Drew Wolitarski, or Andrew Harris can slip out of the backfield. Like the the offense is can when it's clicking, it's scary. What did you think about that quarterback draw they tried with uh, Matt Nichols? It kind of looked like that was a Strevler play. <laughs> yeah, did did Michael Shea not know who was in a quarterback? <laughs> I I said, wait, what is, is that Strevler? <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, definitely no. not. <laughs> no, yeah, I was like, ooh, that's not a good look. Yeah. Uh, but this week was full of close games again, just mm-hmm. like uh, the previous week was. The next one was, I guess, three quarters of a game, not even three quarters Hey-o. of the game. How many fantasy teams lost out on probably 20, 25 points from that fourth quarter not being played? I I had Fajardo and Powell. Oh, it hurts. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders do win by beating the... Uh, Montreal Alouettes 17 to 10 in a game or three quarters of a game where no offensive <laughs> points were scored. It was all returns or fumble returns or oh, some sort of return going on here. I mean, Shakir Ryan joining the party, a guy that was cut mm-hmm. uh, in training camp, signs on with Montreal and scores himself a nice uh, return touchdown in this one. The Riders are. They're struggling in that department, and I don't know if it's a special team scheme or if John Ryan is still kind of struggling, adjusting back to the Canadian game and the lanes he's, there. He's kicking the ball too far. Well, yeah, and he gets a rouge every who, game. Who, who, who would have? Who? Yeah, a rouge to. Oh no! Last week was a rouge to cover. Yeah. Like, <laughs> bingo. Um, but like, you're already giving up five yards, and when he's kicking it. 20 yards further than his than his cover team can get down there you're you're already behind the eight ball yeah yeah and, and who would have thought punting the ball too far would be an issue 
<laughs> it's not very often that you can say that, man. I wish I no. could punt the ball too far. It's it's crazy. <laughs> Another thing, I had to work on Friday. Okay, yeah. I got home, watched one play, and the players were sent off the no, field. No, one play. <laughs> one play. <laughs> and then they won. So I would I would like to thank Derek Taylor and Luke Mullender. Uh, for keeping me abreast on the drive home from Turtleford. But, uh, yeah, it was not an ideal. It, it worked out well because I'm like, oh, man, this game's going to be delayed and it's going to overlap with the other one. And then Rod Smith is like, they could call it. And I'm like, wait, what? And I looked up the rule and it's one hour. And I'm like, oh, oh just turns into a really good doubleheader then, I guess. Does one hour seem short to you? A little bit. I get it. It's third quarter. Um, I would... It, it, I don't think it's long enough. I think an hour. But at the same time, what's the rule? So an hour. But the lightning, if the last lightning strike, let's say, is five minutes before that hour, how long do they have to wait past that last lightning strike for it to be safe to play again? Because I know at work for us, it's 30 minutes. Okay. To, like So if there's a lightning strike, you count to 30 seconds. If it, If thunder comes, you go to the truck, and you have to wait 30 minutes. Now, I could be at 29 minutes and and 59 seconds, and there could be another lightning strike. That clock resets back to 30 minutes. Right, right. So how long would they have to – yeah, so delay the game for an hour. Lightning goes on for 59 minutes, no more lightning. How long do they have to wait before they can go back on the field? Because now you're adding even more time. So like this, would the lightning have had to quit in the first half hour? It's just crazy that if – they played six minutes left. They would have waited out the – or six minutes less, they would have waited out they the They would have waited another hour. Yeah. Right? Is it two hours? Yeah. And three hours in the first half. Yeah. So I get this was discussed in uh, the CBA. Mm-hmm. It was negotiated and, that way. And I don't, know, I don't know how long that storm lasted past that hour. Right. Uh, but, I mean – it, as a Ryder fan, I kind of chuckle. Easy win. Uh, <laughs> as a fan of the league, as a fan of the league, it's just more. It's just more ammo for people who think it's a joke. And then you go through Twitter and you got to deal with all of it, and it just sucks. W- was that the chatter on Twitter? Yeah, like the whole only in the CFL Bush League, yada yada yada, right? And and then of course you have some people saying that you know. The rule is dumb, and, and it is, but, I mean, both both teams play by the same rules. It's not like it was because of the Riders, and people are saying, oh, yeah, of course they're going to call the game. It's the Riders, and blah, 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 and the league wants them to win. It's like, well, no, this is in the CBA. Um, it's just, it's, ugh. And then, Bob, and, then, and, then, and then, of course, Bob Irving, like, I mean, because he's gold on Twitter and always has the best takes, right? <laughs> it's just funny because... Fans of a league that is basically terrified to uh, have their championship game north of Miami. <laughs> oh, oh, God, we had it yeah. in New York. Woohoo, you know? <laughs> it, it, in New York, it did rain, and it was miserable the whole game, it, basically. And Peyton Manning looked real bad. <laughs> and then in baseball, when they're delaying games because of... Oh, God. I... <laughs> I would like to see some of those uh, some of those leagues play in what they play in in the Canadian Football League, and then uh, then come back. 
uh, hey, later. I've had a ga- I've had a hockey game canceled because it was too cold because the Archie Miller Arena was colder inside than outside. Oh, the Archie! At least you don't got the wind chill in there. I think it might have been worse because like the little <laughs> slits in between the because it was just a barn, right? Yeah, it would like funnel the wind in, and it was just hit the back of your neck on the. Oh, it was miserable. Is that thing still standing? Yeah, there's glass in it now. We used to practice there until they kicked us out. Oh wow. The old Archie Miller and Lloyd pr- Minster. Or no, 6, 6 a.m. practices, and then Lloyd Minor Hockey, after two weeks, said, no, you guys tear the ice up too much in the mornings. Oh. It doesn't have time to recover. It's like, okay. <laughs> Nobody's on it until 5 o'clock. So, yeah, if you look at the stat sheet, it's officially it's the uh, the quickest game in CFL history with one hour and 57 minutes. Was this like Mark <laughs> Burley versus Roy Halladay, or what are we looking at here? I like you could, you could go to you could go to the ballpark and you know you'd be out of there an hour and forty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I thought that the Owls were going to be able to rush it all over the Riders because of the depleted defensive line. Mm-hmm. Evans, Leonard, Johnson were hurt, but that it's apparent that the Riders have have depth at the defensive line. There there were guys. Making plays there. It, a lot of it seemed like this was the uh, Derek Moncrief show when oh my goodness. he laid into Pipkin, forcing the fumble. I believe that was the O'Klein, Earl O'Klein uh, return for a touchdown. How small How small did that ball look in his hand? Dude, he, he actually looks like he could be uh, another Willie Jefferson for the Riders. He's six foot seven like, and yeah. bigger. <laughs> yeah, guy's a beast. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's scary. Charleston Hughes had himself a return for a touchdown. So I mean, the defense is really coming together. And Jason Shivers at the beginning of the season, it looked like that Ryder defense was having some trouble, but now it mm-hmm. looks a lot of the same as we've seen from last year uh, from this team. Well, you know, two sacks. Uh, two forced fumbles. Cam Judge was sacks. a beast too on that on that oh. sack. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was the only ta- the, he had one defensive tackle, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, <laughs> way to make your mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, the defense in this game. Uh, I know Pipkin hadn't played in a while, uh, so I mean that might have a little bit to do with it. But I mean. Pipkin goes four of seven, and then they bring in Schultz, and he goes five of eight. Uh, I think the defense did quite all right with with what they had, and like, and then at one point, I can't remember who it was, but another defensive lineman went down. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was just like how many like it's starting to starting to be like how many of these guys can go down before. It's just going to be, you know, Darius Blaydock playing both ways. <laughs> we got we got to respect uh, the Montreal defense as well because it's the Sask oh, defense yeah. that scored two touchdowns here. Bob Sloak mm-hmm. came into the league, and it seemed like they were struggling to start things off. They were giving up pass yards left and right, but the secondary for the Owls has come together, and they've got a great look at defense as well. Well, Patrick Levels was all over the place, yeah. six tackles. Taylor Loeffler, you know, Your boy. The best player, best Best Steve B in the league, Taylor Lofford. Uh, four, four tackles. Chris Aki with five. Like, it was a real team effort. John, John Bowman had a sack. Like, I don't know how he's still in the league. Like, well, not, I don't mean that. Like, I don't know how he's still playing. Like, he's ageless. At the level that he's at, he's he's a beast out there still. 
Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, and like you said, they didn't allow any offensive touchdowns. Uh, you know, th- this defense has really come together well in the last two years. And then they, with with the additions like Mwamba and <clears throat> and Loeffler, and you know, even Tom, guys like Tommy Campbell. I mean, he only had three tackles, but I mean, do you really want to throw in his direction? He's so quietly good; nobody really talks about yeah. him. Right, and, and then Siante Evans back there too. Like, I mean, this this defense is going to be sneaky good, and I still think Montreal, if because uh, Jeremiah Masoli is done for the year, right, and and Dane Evans is winning football games, although be it with the help of a certain officiating crew, <laughs> I still think Montreal can host the East final. They can, and, and I, I think I think they got a real good shot at it. I actually picked the Owls to win this game. It was the only game I got wrong. The only game you got wrong was the uh, the, the. We're not talking about it. <laughs> the Lions and uh, Tiger Cats game. I wonder if it would have been different if um, Vernon Adams was in the lineup. I kind of thought that the mm. old. Uh, the team visiting Montreal. It's a tough place to play, man. <laughs> you get, well, how, like how how do you do how do you do curfew checks on Crescent Street? <laughs> like, let's be honest. You got to fly in the day of the game, three hours before yeah, the you fl- game. <laughs> you fly in. You fly in. You you fly in five hours before you get right on the bus. <laughs> boom, you're at the stadium. You fly out right after. <laughs> got to keep your team on their best behavior. Now, yeah. do we see a contract going out to John Liu? <laughs> <laughs> well, does that mean Shinetti's getting cut? I think so. <laughs> My goodness, John, what a catch. John Liu with the one-handed snag from a fan in the stands just absolutely loved it. <laughs> no, not bad at all. And, and, of course, and of course, he loves his bow ties. Oh, so. can't go wrong with a bow tie. <laughs> yeah, like bow ties, bow ties to him are like Shinetti's chucks, right? <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you in part by the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit, a day to explore fresh perspectives and practices around wellness at work. Here's what Linda Crawford of Alberta Blue Cross had to say about the summit. You know, Alberta Blue Cross really wants to support people. We truly, truly are moving the needle in a way that we want to make an impact. And so, you know, coming to even a first ever event is always fun. You can always now be able to say, hey, I was at that event. And our intention is to really leverage and scale this on an annual basis. So why not come and be that first pioneer and leader that raises their hand and says, you know what, this sounds fantastic. I want to be part of this movement, the energy that's going to happen there. Sign me up. It's happening October 10th at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel. Sign yourself up at the wellnesssummit.ca. The third game of the week. And it was the second half of that Friday night doubleheader. Another ugly one. The Edmonton mm-hmm. Eskimos grind a win out over the Ottawa Red Blacks 16-12. to I think the narrative here with Trevor Harris playing against his old team i mean he, he had he's not a good leader though attempts. right yeah he's not a good teammate he's yeah. not a good not yeah. a good leader i did like the whole uh antoine pruneau trying to get in his face i like that did you see the coin toss yeah harris didn't even look him in the eye yeah i guess but I mean, if something if something would have went down, if something would have went down, I mean, Roman Reigns is right there. Yeah, to take care of business. I mean, if things were under control, 
Yeah. Uh, we, we had a WWE uh, superstar there. It was all uh, like a week go. after being T-boned, like not a big deal. Yeah, and then before big lighting <laughs> rigs pushed on him on uh, SmackDown Live, like what's going yeah. on here? Who's attacking Roman Reigns? He seems safe at the game, though. He did seem safe at the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's just a top-notch security at Commonwealth at Commonwealth Stadium. <laughs> John Crockett, I think, was the star for Ottawa here. 13 carries for 89 yards. Actually, Ottawa's offense... Don't don't sleep on Dominique Rimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a nice long touchdown at 118 yards uh, for the day. But it looked like Ottawa kind of had Edmonton figured out in the first half. Well, at least they were moving mm-hmm. the ball. And uh, they were making things happen. And then the second half was a completely different story. They didn't get a first down until over halfway through the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the, the Eskimo defense really shut them down in the second half. But it looked like Ottawa was yep. going to uh, grind it out here, at least for the first half. Well, and it was 12-10 at half. Like, I mean... Yeah. For for Ottawa and I was like, oh man, this is this isn't looking good. It was it was not great football to watch. Let's be honest. Those are the uh, games was, that Ottawa are going to pl- be playing this year. Uh, yeah, like, well, they don't really have a choice. Yeah, I mean, Brad Brad Sinopoli, two of two for thirty five yards. That's going to be a big night for Brad now. <laughs> like, is he going to get to seven hundred and fifty <laughs> yards this season? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to touch that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> it sounds bad, but that might be the accurate line here, and it might be the under. What's he at right now? Oh, it's under three hundred. I'm pretty sure. No. Oh, there he is. Brad Sinopoli, 311. 311, so he's right around there. After this game. So in eight games. No, man. (laughs) No, he's not getting there. He's not getting there. No. Wow. That's depressing. It really is. Uh, Playing with... But hey, hey, this this is what all the Red Blacks fans wanted. They wanted Dominic Davis. Because, you know, he's a way better quarterback than Trevor Harris, apparently. Obviously, I mean, he showed it. He showed it on on Friday night with a twenty three of thirty five with two picks and a touchdown. That's a way better line than Trevor Harris had. Oh wait, how about Rafael Arujo Lopez? I was hoping you were going to say his name because I didn't even want to. I think it. I probably butchered it, but he might be my flex going forward. That. Well, you're forgetting about Janarian Grant. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, screw it. I'm just going. <laughs> and, all, and you're just, you're just gonna, you're just gonna abandon Kenny the King Lawler like that. I eh? just screw it. I'm going all 2,500 next week. And I, you probably still do better than I, me. <laughs> I can't do it at quarterback, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, six, six of eight for 57 yards. Uh, you know, he ends up with 11.7 fantasy points, which is second for receivers. Uh, for for the Red Blacks, anyways. Right. Uh, so a really a really good debut uh, for him. I'm not going to try to say it. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's nice to see that those guys getting into the lineup and, and getting a tra- getting a shot. You know what? Overall, for receivers, as far as fantasy goes, this was a rough week. Unless you had Brandon Banks or Brian Burnham, 
your um, yep. your receivers weren't really lighting up the scoreboard. No, no, not overly. Um, like, like you said, Banks thirty six point seven, Brian Burnham thirty three point nine. It's a long way down to Dominique Grimes at twenty one point eight. I mean, you could count Janarian Grant, but he didn't take any snaps, as far as I know, and it was just all returns. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. It was. It was. Y- you had to. You had to have the cream of the crop for re- receivers. Um, well, not necessarily. Like you, you could have strung some together, cheaper options, and you know got better value uh, than an Eric Rogers. Yeah. Right. But yeah, those guys were not putting the numbers up that we're used to seeing in the CFL. I liked my uh, Luke Tasker one catch for three yards on a two point convert. Oh. That really helped my team out. You have no idea. <laughs> Between Fajardo and Powell, you know, not playing, basically. Um, then, you know, keeping Malik Irons in my lineup because I forgot he was injured. So that worked out well. Yeah, you had um, a rough week. I was I had uh, a real rough week. And then, like, Luke, Ta- I had Devontae Deadman, Kenny the King, because, you know, I... I hadn't talked to you in like three days, so I missed you, so I had to put him in my lineup. <laughs> Man, I had Jeremiah Johnson and William Powell, and the game gets called. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Thanks. Like, you think my fantasy lineup was bad and it, and it upset me? Wait until we get to the next game. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll get through this game. It was just a grinder, yeah. I mean... Uh, when, it, when, like I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I kind of stopped watching after the third quarter. It was all, it was all CJ Gable, uh, 18 mm-hmm. carries for 116 yards. Finally, yeah, exactly. He's had a rough go after a hot start to the season. Uh, four mm-hmm. catches for 31 yards. So 31 fantasy points were added there. Um, do you think he might be feeling the pressure of one Shaq Cooper on his heels? Uh, if he's not, he's foolish. I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, Cooper, <laughs> Co- yeah, yeah. Cooper played in this game one one of one for seventeen yards, uh, yeah, one for one receive receptions. Um, you know, if CJ Gable gets comfortable, he's going to lose. Like, there's no way that that Shaq Cooper doesn't get another look. Right. He can't be complacent in this game, right? And I think CJ Gable knows that. And I, Cooper got his chance because Gable was out of the lineup. Yep. And you know. Gable, Gable saw what Cooper could do, and we saw it last year, too. Uh, C.J. Gable knows what's up, knows he has to produce. But at the same time, they have to give him the ball. They can't handcuff him with eight carries. Uh, so to give him 18 and him to produce like he did, he averaged 6.4 in the two touchdowns, uh, you know, and added uh, four catches for 34 uh, through the air. It's a really good night for C.J. It was nice to see him get back on the horse. Yeah, he's one of those guys, and I think a lot of running backs are like that. They just get better. The more uh, you give him the ball, and uh, that's what we saw with CJ, who was just uh, uh, awesome to uh, wrap mm-hmm. up this game for them. The last game <laughs> of the week, it took over three hours to play, and there was just yeah. it was thirty-five, thirty-four Hamilton here, but the BC Lions squandered away another lead here. Uh, I mean. You can't say it any other way, man, because the Tiger Cats were taking penalty after penalty after penalty in the third quarter. The Lions had it over for over 11 minutes in the third quarter alone. It was over 12 minutes. And then they had a shot to rec- recover 
a kickoff and let it go through their hands. If they recover that kickoff, we're not talking about a missed block on a on a big punt return at the end of the game. That that's not even a conversation. The Lions had so many opportunities to put the Tie Cats away and they just didn't do it. <sighs> so the Lions we're plus 375. <laughs> so you jumped on that. You pounced on it like a lion. I. Um, <laughs> oh, no. You're going to cut. Oh, damn it. Tyler. How do I spell that for the title? <laughs> R A W W R. Uh, I think you're more like a M E O W. Do you want to record this or should I just hang up the phone? <laughs> So, yeah, I, I jumped on that thinking, you know, BC... Coming off the bye. Coming off the bye, lots of time, Dana, it, it'll be fine. Turns out I was right for 59 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, as much as I love watching Major League Baseball and the ump show that that is, don't even get me started on the Brett Gardner ejection the other day, I get to watch Al Bradbury and his crew... Give the Lions a lead in the third quarter when his crew can't keep flags in their pockets. Oh, that was 100% an official's right? drive, or at least uh, penalty aided anyway, yeah. And then when the game is on the line, and officials always say, we don't want to affect the outcome of a game. You are directly affecting the outcome of the game when you don't call penalties that should be called. And you will never get that through their head. And it's embarrassing. And, it ha- and nine times out of ten, whose crew is it that screws up a game? Like, I, I, go, I, I defend officials. I've done it lots. I'm done. Unless it's Andre Pruel. Because he's the man. But, well, I mean, that, that no, that's off the record. <laughs> but... On the Frank Williams return, a hold and a block in the back on the same guy right in front of an official, not called. We've seen softer plays called in the Grey Cup. Oh, the Ticats know yeah. all about that. Let's, don't get me started on that because I had the Ticats on that one. Okay, whatever. <laughs> on the touchdown pass to Brandon Banks, Odell Willis is, gets such a good jump on the he left did, tackle. Yeah. One of the best jumps I've ever seen. Basically, it's clotheslined. Across the neck, because he's behind the left tackle, right in front of who? Al Bradbury. Did he throw his flag? Of course he didn't, because why would he? Because he doesn't want to affect the outcome of a game. Brandon Bang scores a touchdown, screws me out of $130. But we can actually talk about the game. I just need to get that off my chest. <laughs> I mean, that, that about does it for the game. The, the Lions had another one here, just like well, they had and, Calgary. And Mike, Mike Riley is getting killed. In the final five minutes of that game. He, oh man, there was a shot of him. I think Simone had his leg and he ended up getting hit. Yeah. And uh, He had a, a snap go over his head and Ja'Garrett Davis landed on top of him. He looked about... Well, and he, that's when he rolled his ankle and then that was the ankle that Simone grabbed yeah. in the next, the next series for the sack to hold him up. Like he... He was getting beat up. Did he not look like, like it, a good old like fifty-five-year-old Reggie Dunlop? <laughs> like, oh man, he is just hey, limping Hanrahan. around. 
<laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not going any further than that. <laughs> He's just limping around on the sidelines, just trying to get out there. And the, the Lions' offensive line yeah. had their best game of the year. <laughs> yeah, they only gave up three sacks, which <laughs> I know. Okay, but so I I'm, I bitch about the refing and all this stuff. How many sacks did Hamilton give up? None. How many times did they turn the ball over? None. Yeah, so they probably should have won this game. And that's why they won. Uh, I, I, yep. I don't know if the turnovers really cost BC, uh, but you know what? Hamilton had the special teams returns, and BC didn't. So there's another yep. there's another difference, but yeah, when, when it comes to the sacks, the Lions have zero pass rush. Mm-hmm. If they had a pass, and the one time the one time they get it, yeah, there's no there's no <laughs> holding call, which they're probably <laughs> like you agree with me on that one too. He had him across the neck, right? He did, he did on his far shoulder. We we saw <laughs> a similar play in another game mm-hmm. that. Was called, I think, on uh, Jacob Ruby uh, yep. when the Devaris Daniels oh, friend, friend of the show, that. Jacob Ruby. Yes, uh, it, that one got called, and then yep. <laughs> the, the Odell Willis one does not get called. And it's not like he just stopped; he kept his legs turned, like he kept turning his legs, trying to draw a call. Like when you're getting hooked and slashing hockey, you, you got to keep skating, or you're not going to get that call, mm-hmm. right? He does everything right, tries to push through it. Nothing. And Brandon Banks, of course, is wide open. Yeah, he's always wide open, it seems like. Uh, well, I mean, the, uh, you know, bright spot, though, Brian Burnham, yeah. 7 of 8, 149, his first two touchdowns of the year. And John White. John, John White, okay. 15 for 124 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Adds a catch for six yards. 33.9 fantasy points. Monster. It's like he's all or nothing when you have him on your team. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. Huh. And, and like so Mike Riley, twenty one of twenty eight, three oh six, two picks, two two touchdowns. Second overall this week with twenty three point nine for quarterbacks. Like it doesn't look that sexy with the picks. Yeah. Uh but I mean a guy like Dane Evans only had twenty points. Two touch didn't throw any didn't turn the ball over, but I mean both guys' percentages in the 70s, like, I mean, it was a really well-played game. Uh, and I know, like, when, when a team scores 35 and 34 points, you just think that, ah, oh, it's probably not the best game I've ever watched, but, like, especially defensively. But, I mean, guys are making plays, and it was, it was fun to watch, and I, I threw stuff at the TV, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Uh, and at the end of it, once I cooled down, I'm like, well, it was actually a pretty decent football game, now I can try to get some sleep. Um but Brandon Banks on 11-137 with two touchdowns. Like, I mean, guys put up numbers in this game, uh, which is always fun if you were able to fit them in your fantasy lineup. I wasn't able to get either one of them. Uh, but they're still really fun to watch. And and Marshall Ferguson called it. Uh, he said Brian and Burnham would get a touchdown uh, on the radio before the game started, and uh, he paid off pretty early for him. Uh, Dane Evans has a laser of an arm. Can't catch though. <laughs> I would that have counted towards Tasker's total because I, I watched it today yes. and I'm like, oh, he almost had a passing touchdown, and then yep. he almost had the receiving touchdown on the next play. I was like, oh, hey, hey, Tasker, thanks for the one point or thanks for the three point three points. It really helped <laughs> help my losing effort this week. 
<laughs> Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. So you lost. Who are you up against? Uh, Horseman. Oh, was it uh, Sheldon or Ryan? Uh, Sheldon. Oh yeah, and uh, I didn't. I, I don't want to. I lost by like forty. Whoa. Well, I mean, Malik Irons got me zero, and Luke Tasser got me 3.3. Fajardo and Powell play three-quarters of a game. I, I think we could put an asterisk there. Yeah. <laughs> like in the MLB record book, 756 with an asterisk. I, uh... or, or, like, or like every Golden State fan says that the Raptors should have beside their championship. <laughs> I ended up beating uh, Safamod from the Piffles podcast by 9.9 points, I believe. I, oh, I got lucky. That's pretty great. It was a rough week for actually most people playing fantasy, unless mm-hmm. you had a White, Burnham, Banks, and, uh, you know, an Andrew Harris or, yeah. or Janarian Grant, which you probably didn't, you liar. So. It was yeah. just one of those weeks. Hopefully, uh, the offenses fly uh, next week. It it would be nice, uh, but we both know that it's going to be guys like Ryder Stone that's going to have a big yeah. Who's going to have the Mike big Jones <laughs> and not going to be and not going to be on anybody's lineups, right? Yeah, it, it's been. There's always that one guy. Absolutely, like this week it was. Janarian uh, yep. Grant. Uh, last week it was Devonte Deadman just putting on, mm-hmm. uh, putting on a show. I like all these players putting on shows. We might have to start putting a dedicated returner spot in our lineup. Uh, that was what I did with Marcus Thigpen two weeks ago. Yeah, it's it, it, like I'm like I, I'm taking and he. I had to start him at running back because I didn't want to move my flex guy. Because uh, he was a wide receiver, and I put Thigpen in, and he had the return. I'm like, oh, thank God, because I would have looked real dumb. Yeah. And he outscored Powell by like one point, so I won. <laughs> oh man, fantasy has just been an adventure this season. Oh, I can't believe. That, well, you could call it that. I'd call it more of Torture. a bleep show. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't quit yet, but. Uh, I'm so close. <laughs> Still doing it. We're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Check out all the other great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. I'm going to point you to Bollywood is for Lovers. Matt and Aaron explore the world of Hindi cinema through the lens of two Canadian cinephiles. I actually watched uh, the Fast and the Furious uh, Hobbs and Shaw movie last week. <laughs> Is it good? You know what, man? If you just want to go in and just pound some popcorn and watch a good action movie, that's yeah. Your I movie. don't want any storylines. I just want fire. Okay, that and that, explosion. That's your movie, man. <laughs> and and of course, gratuitous shots of the rocks biceps. Okay, that's your movie. You, awesome. And Roman Reigns is in it, by the way. So hey, it's his yard now. And remember, if you need tickets for any event, it doesn't matter what it is. CFL games comedy shows, concerts, NHL games. It's all at seatgiant.ca who has uh, partnered with the Alberta Podcast Network. So at checkout, use your promo code APN. You're going to save 5% and support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. Who doesn't like to save money? Who doesn't like to see your tickets in Canadian dollars as well? Seatgiant.ca. Use the promo code 
8 p.m. Make sure you subscribe, you rate, you review, to and out on any of your favorite podcatchers, and we will talk to you Thursday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.